In this episode, we are talking about misinformation. We take a look at it in social media, on the news, and we also look at the patriarchy's role in it. We talk about the psychology of it and what you can do about it and how to clock it easier. Hi, I'm Heather Wood, and I'm an intuition and ego expert. And I'm Jamie Hayhurst, and I'm an energy healer. We're both passionate about smashing the patriarchy, integrity in the spiritual world, and social justice. This is the Intuitive Girl's Guide. Hey, Jay, I have a cool topic for us today that was actually, we were asked to do this topic by listeners. Yeah, this is a good one. So we're going to talk today about misinformation. Oh, such a problem. Huge problem in our society, in our culture. I would say around the world right now. Definitely around the world. Yeah. So we're going to talk about like what happened. Why is it a problem? We're going to talk about why the misinformation and like people believing it, why it works. Yep. We're going to talk about kind of like the psychology of it, influencer culture, and like what to do when you're being sort of like in that situation where someone's spouting the wrong stuff at you. Yes, exactly. So this episode, I think, may end up being one of those ones where like this is the foundational episode and then we go back and dive deeper into these things. So I would love it if our listeners were like, yeah, I want to know more about the psychology of this or the history or why this is going on or what to do in these situations. We can absolutely go deeper into all of the. In this one, we're just going to kind of touch on each one. Exactly. This could be many episodes because it is such a pervasive problem that we're seeing and it's only getting worse. But so yeah, let us know and we can dive deeper if need be. Exactly. All right. So I have to start by telling you a term that I saw uh, used so many times when I was researching this and I'm obsessed with it. What? They were saying that we live in an infodemic. Oh my God. It's perfect. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Yes. It really is what it feels like in our culture right now, where the information is almost in in the way it's presented and what it, like what you feel when you get it does almost feel disease like to me. Yeah. And, and how it spreads and how problematic it can be. Absolutely. It's like a terrible contagion. So I loved that. It can't be controlled. Yeah. Right. So the place I wanted to start is to sort of, this this may come across to people as me saying empathic intuitive people have more responsibility than other people and I don't mean it that way but I do think that by design intuitive people are better at clocking when they're being manipulated agreed I think that's the whole point of intuition right <laughs> right right so I'm not saying that intuitive empathic people have more responsibility, but I am, I am saying, I think we're meant to be the people to sort of take this down. Yeah, I would love that actually. <laughs> I would love it. So the way I'm presenting this is sort of through that lens of like, here's how to understand it and here's how to deal with it. Right. And 
if somehow this is the first episode of our podcast that you've listened to, I would love for you to go back and understand our definition of empathy and intuition and patriarchy and all of that stuff so that you don't hear this through me claiming that empathic intuitive people are like magical and can, you know, move pencils with their mind or something. Not, not our way of seeing it. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So I would like to start with the enemy that we always speak of, Jay, the patriarchy. Of course. (laughs) Public enemy number one. (laughs) The reason that this is a problem is the patriarchy. And I know maybe you guys are like, can you guys blame someone else for a change about stuff? Um, No, we cannot. (laughs) We will not. (laughs) Okay. The patriarchy owns information. Information is now owned by people. This is why there's a problem. Correct. And if you look at how our society, our culture is structured, we live in a capitalistic society. Mm -hmm. Now, you did recently send me a TikTok that said we lived in, what was it? I can't even remember the terms. We're in like a feudalist state. We're like beyond post-capitalism, like... But, but yeah, we, most people understand it as living in what was originally supposed to be capitalism. Okay. So if you've heard that too, in other terms and like, we're, we're kind of through the capitalism lens into some other phase, I don't think you're wrong. I think you're right. But for this episode, we're going to refer to it as capitalism because even that stage is like a form of capitalism, right? Yes. Right. Okay. So in a system of capitalism, everything is monetized right? And the way to have power in a system like that, and I don't mean power over people, I mean power over yourself, is to have money. Money, right, exactly. Okay. And so what happens, like by theory, if if it was an even fair playing field, capitalism wouldn't necessarily become the terrible, dreadful thing that it is. Right, exactly. But it's not an even playing field and there's no check on money and power and what you do with it when you get there. In fact, it's infiltrated. I know I'm going to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but it's infiltrated everything so that like everything is owned. Right. And capitalism has become one of sort of the it's become the weapon or the tool used by the patriarchy and used by white supremacy So it's not like we're not just talking about capitalism as a theory or an idea. We're talking about capitalism being sort of taken over and monopolized by these other structures that have nefarious intentions. 100% right. So what happens in that society, in in our society, I'm talking like it's not the one we're currently, you know, struggling What happens when that occurs in a capitalistic society is that there needs to be a check on that power. Right. No matter what you think of our founding fathers and how our country was founded, Mm -hmm. put that aside for one second. The idea of what our country was supposed to be was a system of checks and balances. Initially, yes. That's what democracy is supposed to be, correct? Yes, correct. Was it ever fair? No. Was it started in an even playing field with good purposes? Did we wipe out uh, all the you know native people to the land we're on? Yes. I'm not. I'm not even going there. I'm just saying, in theory, 
That's right. what we're sort of raised to believe about our culture. Right. Problematic from the beginning, but like the intentions, it didn't ever play out the way it was supposed to, but the intended purposes were solid. Exactly. So from early on, the thing that kept a check on the people in power, okay, so these are people who are um, politicians, for example, all right, now there's, there's other things too, but let's just, let's just use that, right? The thing that kept that in check was the media. So right. our culture was like, if if people aren't doing the right thing, it's going to be written about. People are going to write about it. We're going to, you know, if you love Hamilton, like Jamie and I do, the whole thing is based on the fact that Hamilton was a writer and was trying to keep a check on what was happening. Right. Right. Well, and that's why we have the first amendment is to protect journalists, to protect newspapers and news organizations, to be able to speak out against the government. That's why we have that. Exactly. Now, if this is interesting you, I want you to note the name Noam Chomsky, C-H-O-M-S-K-Y, and look into his whole thing about media consent. It's it's fascinating. It could be its own episode. It's it's really cool. Mm-hmm. But he he really points a lot of this stuff out. So if the media is supposed to act as a check on political power, it's supposed to make the public informed and engaged in what's happening in the world around them, right? That's what the media is meant to do. And it's supposed to be like, let's gather together and fight against what we don't want and fight for what we do want. That was the check on the power. Yeah. There was always a problem from the beginning with misinformation. Right. Always. Like, because anyone can write anything. Right. Okay. But that problem grew because we stopped discussing things. We stopped face-to-face speaking of, about stuff and coming to you know a census as a group and sort of taking down or going with what someone was saying. Like think, think when everything was like pamphlets being distributed, right? Think there. We right. stopped having like town hall meetings about this stuff. Don't eat, we want to talk about what town hall meetings have become, right? Like, no, <laughs> like, no, thank you. Not. We stopped doing that and everyone started to get separated by propaganda. Right, exactly. And now the fact that the media is owned by companies, which we'll talk about in a minute, who back politicians to get what they want for their companies, the role of the media has changed from being something that serves the public to being something that serves businesses. Right. And this is where like the whole system goes completely off the rails. Yes. Because the power, the thing that kept the capitalistic power in check is now part Mm -hmm. of it's owned by those people. Right. So there's no check anymore. There's no check anymore. Now, listen, I am not saying that there aren't amazing journalists and people in the media who fight so hard to get the truth out and to do this with integrity and who, who aren't in the business to serve the public, but they all work in the system and the, the people in power are Mm -hmm. businesses. 
Well, and that's like when, when you hear people talk about like the man, mm-hmm. like that's like you're working for the man, like you're working for like the, the one percenters, you're working for like the very few white men that are wealthy enough to own these huge media conglomerations. You know, they're these, they're these huge companies that own all these like dozens of other smaller companies, which are actually huge, but relative to the parent company. Right. And so like, there's no, there is no check. There is no balance, but that's, that's who the man is. It's like these like five white guys that are controlling not only the information that's given to us, but they're also controlling the politicians. Exactly. Because in our country, one of the things that like, if someone says to me, like, where, where do we start to fix this? Right. To me, the answer to that question is in campaign funding. Agreed. Agreed. Because in order to run for these higher offices, mm-hmm. right, you need a ridiculous amount of money. You can look it up. You know, we could do a whole episode on this again. I'm trying not yeah. to go too deep into everything I want to talk about because it's so it's an issue, right? But in order to do that, you need ridiculous amounts of money. And the place that you get that money is through companies. And when they give you that money, they mm-hmm. there's stipulations attached. You then have to vote in favor of the things that that company wants. You have to make sure that that company gets like, you know, the bill to be or the money to do this down the road. You have to choose that company. It 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 becomes a huge problem. And then the politician, and I'm not I'm not here to defend politicians or anything or to really like say anything bad about them. I'm not I'm not looking for that fight at the moment. But the politicians right. are then operating based on what their donors want, not necessarily what they stand for and want. Yeah, I mean, it's like that whole saying, like, don't bite the hand that feeds you. If you can't get reelected without a ton of money, then there has to be like this quid pro quo that you have to give back to people, even if you started as like a like a genuine, legit politician. It's so hard not to get sucked up into the machine of that system. Yeah, you in order to run, you have to raise so much money and like, let's say you turn it down, you turn down all that campaign funding, then you then you don't have the platform. Like, right. I think about like AOC, who yep. won the grassroots campaign, no campaign mm-hmm. funding, and got herself where she needed to be. She like literally hit the streets to do this and right. refused to do it. But she's one of those like rare stories of that working. Exactly. So. Exactly. This is where the problem starts, is my point. Again, Jamie and I could talk about this for four hours, but I'm just saying, here's put it put a little star next to this. Like that's where the information starts to get owned. So then the stuff that you're hearing is Mm -hmm. all propaganda. Right. It's all filtered through the lens of whoever owns these big news corporations. It is no you're no longer being given information to serve you as the public. You're being given information to manipulate you. Correct. So I thought I would tell you the definition of propaganda because it's one of those words that I hear a lot of people misuse or not quite understand. And when I tell you the definition and like when I really looked into it, like the first time I read the definition, I'm like, that can't be it. It can't be that general. And I looked in like 12 more places and I was like, shit. And the reason is when I tell you this, 
you're going to realize that all the information you've been taking in is propaganda. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't think of anything in the last 48 hours that I took in that wasn't propaganda. Right. Cause we're taught in, in American schools, we're taught that propaganda is this like extreme version of like Nazi propaganda or something right. like that. We don't right. know the real definition of it. Okay. So here's what it is. Ideas, Facts or allegations spread deliberately to further one's cause or to damage an opposing cause. Yeah, it's like any commercial is a propaganda. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's so bad that I'm like even thinking of social media posts and being like, when was the last time I saw one that wasn't qualifying as propaganda? And here's here's why I'm being like harping on this and like over talking about it probably because. We don't even clock it anymore. We don't even no. realize it. We're so used to it that we don't even realize it. Right, exactly. And and it's okay to have opinions and to speak out on your own social media about to speak for something or against something. But when it's coming from a news source that's supposed to be neutral and just reporting facts, then it becomes propaganda. And then you lose the ability to clock it anywhere. Like everything just feels like facts because nothing is. Right. And so you can just hear something and and you are then adamant that something is a fact because you've lost the ability to like fact check or to look into something or to use any critical thinking. Exactly. So when you look at why do people use propaganda, the things that I came up with in my research was, was three main things. One was to influence or manipulate people. Okay. The second was to exaggerate a truth. And the third was to like get kind of a hidden message into your head. Okay. Makes sense. Now, I thought we could go over quickly the seven main techniques of propaganda so that you can start clocking it better. Okay. And you can get more on this. My The resource that I found that I liked the best was um, a YouTube channel called Help Teaching. Um, so I just want to shout that out. They do a lot of really interesting stuff about information. So Okay, cool. So the seven techniques. The first one is called bandwagon. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. This is telling people to jump on board something. And it's like, if you see an offer that's like, don't be the only one to miss out on this offer. Or, you know, (laughs) everyone feels this way, feel this way too. Like join the crowd. Okay. Exactly. Yep. That's bandwagon. When people are trying to get Mm -hmm. everyone to kind of jump on board and be part of something. Yep. Okay. Number two is name calling. Okay. So if you, if a politician was like, candidate X is such a big baby, that would be name calling. Okay. I see that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. If you saw an ad for something where they were name calling a different brand or something, that is what that is. Okay. Third is testimonial. So that's like, if you saw a celebrity or maybe a doctor endorse, endorse a product or just really any testimonial of anyone saying that they used a product and liked it. Okay. Qualifies as propaganda. Yeah, that's interesting because I wouldn't have said that that was problematic. Right. We're, it's one of those things that can be problematic. And it, it does fall because it's trying to influence you to believe something. It's not saying right. critically think here. Here's, exactly. here's why we're great. It's like, look, these people think we're great. 
So you should exactly. do it. Yeah. Right. Um, number four is glittering generality. Nice. Okay. So that's like, if you said something like he's honest, he's refreshing and he's a real change. Gotcha. You've given me no information. Exactly. <laughs> you just use like a bunch of adjectives, right? Like, yeah, and they're like, and those are words that like, I mean, in this day and age, those are words that like a marketing company would like be viciously studying, like what words best work for our target audience, you know, and they're just throwing these, these hot words at you. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Number five, this one is something that you're going to, when I say it, you're going to know exactly what person has been using this one a lot. Okay. It's called plain folks. Oh, okay. So if you, it's, it's making you, people feel like they're a regular Joe and, or they're for a regular Joe. (laughs) Sounds like the MAGA community. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So this is for the every man that kind of propaganda is, is what plain folks, that's what they call it. Right. Like he's not a politician. He's, he's, he's everyone's guy. Exactly. Right. Which like, what does that even mean? And it wasn't accurate anyways, but I digress. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Number six is card stacking. So that's saying like, if you're selling a product and you said like, it cleans, it rinses, it shines. Like you're just saying all the things it does really fast together. <laughs> right. Gotcha. Okay. And number seven is called transfer. So that would be like, um, this is a couple of different things, but if someone says, if you vote for him, it's basically like voting for Hitler. Oh, okay. Gotcha. It's associating something with something else. Even like if you are watching a TV show and you kind of clock all of a sudden that there's like a Coca-Cola product in the back, or you notice that the always drinking certain products, that's also transfer. Gotcha. Okay. So I felt like it would be helpful to know those so that you can sort of like Hmm, I think this company is doing this. Now, when people are using propaganda against you, it doesn't mean that they're bad. Correct. It just means that someone is trying to get something from you. And so if you clock it, you can just be less manipulated in a way that gives you a result you don't want. Yeah, you can just be more in control of the interaction. Exactly, exactly. Okay, I thought... I would go over the five media filters, the things that the media does, but I thought this might be a good time to take a quick break and let everyone digest that. (laughs) And I thought if I put ads in right after I talked about propaganda, you guys could listen to the ads and see if you could pick out which ones were being used on you. So smart. (laughs) All right. We'll be right back. We'll be right back after this short break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Heather, it's season four. We're here for another season and we still have our favorite sponsor, Restoration Coffee. What coffee are you drinking these days, Jay? It goes back and forth between a Rachel and a Paige. I'm still drinking my Americanos. So if you want a fantastic cup of coffee to go with listening to the IGG or any other podcast that you might listen to, check out Restoration Coffee. You can go to their website. It's restoration-coffee.com. Check it out and tell them that the intuitive girl sent you. Yeah, can't go wrong. Hey y'all, it's Jamie with a little shameless self-promotion. We've had a lot of people reaching out asking about distal Reiki. So I wanted to let you all know that yes, you can book a session with me. If you'd like some distance Reiki, get in touch with me and we will set it up for you. Let's talk about what we're obsessed with this week. All right. So this week we are actually obsessed about two things. Mm -hmm. So one is that we're doing a listener feedback episode because we've been getting a ton of feedback. Yeah. And we want to talk to you guys about some of it because some of it is like super interesting. Like people will listen to our episode episodes and then they'll say, they'll message us and say, oh, well, this happened to me once or in this country, they do this thing. And it's incredible. I love it. Yes. So if you have feedback, let us know. Tell us. Like, if you loved an episode, if you hated it, or if you had thoughts about something, or if you think of one concept we mentioned totally differently than we do, tell us. We want to know about it. Exactly. Exactly. There there was even some feedback where it was like, hey, you said like this doesn't happen, but like this has happened to me before. We want to know all of that stuff and we want to share it with people and and talk about it. So please send your feedback in. We won't use your name unless you, you know, include it. But we we would love to continue those discussions. And it could be on any episode. It doesn't matter like where you are in the order. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because I know a lot of people will find one episode, then go back and listen, maybe mm-hmm. right from the beginning, or they just listen to however, you know, however they're interested in each episode. So however you like. And the second thing that we're obsessed about is that we've been thinking of creating a current events episode for the IGG. I'm excited about this. This was an idea we talked about because people often say things to us along the lines of, I want to hear you guys talk about this, or I would love it if, you know, and it it seems like something maybe not exactly in line with the podcast, but I'm like, what's more in line with being intuitive and social justice and smashing the patriarchy than feeling like you understand what's going on in the world? Right. Well, because people have been asking us about, what's happening with Russia and Ukraine and like people want to a know what's going on, but they, they, it seems like they trust us 
Yeah. And they trust us to give like a really neutral stance, but also frame it through the the filter of someone who's intuitive. And like, we're a podcast that talks about social structures and that applies to all to current events, right? Yeah. I mean, I think our view of intuition is very much rooted in like, not just how can you use your intuition to do these like couple key things, like talk to the dead or whatever. Like we love that, but it's, it's much more rooted in like, how can you walk around this world and as an intuitive empathic person and navigate it because it's really difficult. And I, so I think that would be the, the sort of tone. And I also think you and I both try really hard to present information neutrally, but not shy away from giving our own opinions. So it, I, I really would, would focus those episodes on this is what it, the facts are and, and this is how we feel and, and making sure you know the difference. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's a perfect way to sum it up. So if that's something that you guys are hearing us talk about right now and you are interested in that, if you love the idea, if you hate the idea, um, let us know. But also let us know the things that the current event topics that you would love to hear us talk about so we know sort of where to guide these episodes. Exactly. Exactly. We'd love to hear that. We'd love to hear your feedback on any episodes. Uh, we'd love, And we'd love to hear what you'd like us to talk about because we're happy to research it. And, you know, this episode that we're in the middle of right now is about misinformation. And a lot of that is because you can't really trust a source not to be backed by someone with an agenda. And um, we don't have an agenda. Exactly. Our only agenda is breaking the the sources that you can't trust. Yeah. And maybe to get you to send us a listener feedback form. (laughs) (laughs) That would be helpful too. Yes. (laughs) All right. So that's it. Those are our obsessions this week. All right, Jay, let's talk about the five media filters. I think these are really interesting. Again, these could probably be their own episode, but I thought this would be a good thing to sort of have as an understanding of how this is all operating. Gotcha. Okay. The first one is ownership. Okay. So media, meaning TV channels, um, books, magazines, newspaper, I don't care if tabloids, all of those things are all owned by a corporation. Right. And like you said before, there's companies with parent companies. And, you know, I think of how ABC is owned by Disney kind of a thing. Exactly. And you would think that ABC would be like a, you know, a multi what billion dollar company, but it's owned by a larger company who makes more money. I mean, we're talking about this. These are billion dollar industries. Exactly. So what you have to understand is their end game is to benefit the people who own them. Yes. So they want profits. Okay. So if you're whoever owns the company wants profit, that's every business. Right. Where the question comes in is, is that okay when it comes to media? The thing that's supposed to be keeping a balance on those people in power are now owned by it and restricted what they can, you know, present based on those people. And the thing comes down to the fact that no longer is their their end goal to serve the public. Their end goal is to serve the corporations. Right. Well, and it's also like for a lot of these things where you're 
paying money for a service, right? But you're actually not the customer. That's the yes. problem. Like you're like you're the customer in that you're receiving like their shows, but really the money is going other places and they're using your money, the money that you're paying to funnel it into other things. Perfect segue into number two, which is the real role of advertising. Exactly. You might think you are the customer, like Jamie's saying, who pays for the service, right? So maybe you bought a magazine for, I don't know, I haven't bought a magazine in a while, $13? I have absolutely no idea. (laughs) $6, I have no idea. For however, let's say you bought it for $20, just to throw that. We'll, We'll go high, okay? Right. Let's say you bought a cable package so that you have certain channels on your TV. Right. Let's say you bought um, an app on your phone, right? Yep. You are not the way that these companies make money because there's a real cap on how much they can make there. Exactly. So you're actually not the customer. You're actually the product that these companies are selling to advertisers, your attention. Exactly. And your, your personal information also. Yes. So you are the thing that everyone wants. So yes, did you pay for some of that? Yeah, but that's not how they're making their money. They're making their money on advertising. And the companies yep. that advertise are now having control over even sometimes what like a character in your favorite comedy can say for a line. Exactly. It's not exactly. just or what news. product is based. Yes. It's not just like the news. It's everywhere that they have. It's not you. You're not giving given what like the people want. Right? It's right. the advertisers want. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Now, if you grew up in the time that Jamie and I grew up in, you understand the power that commercials had over people at one point. Oh yeah. Yep. I mean, do I think they still do now? Yeah. But there's a lot of services that you can kind of skip over that. It's like much more, it's like one long ad or like, you know, it's much more subtle now. But when we were growing up, you couldn't, you could change the channel. But like if you wanted to watch a show, you had to wait through these. And they became part of like culture. Like we would talk about popular commercials. I still quote commercials from my childhood. I was just going to say, I can still quote so many of them. Yes. So it's important to understand that you aren't the customer. You are the thing being sold. Right. You're the product. Yes. Okay. Number three is how the media is managed. Yep. So take the two, the first two, the advertisers and the companies that own them. They want the media to support what they want. Yep. Okay. Now, remember, they're also sponsoring politicians to exactly. get bills through that they want, that benefit them. Yep. I sort of think about cigarette companies. Now, again, this is going to date me a little bit because they don't have the power they used to have at all. But right. in, the, in like, let's say in the 90s, they yep. were incredibly powerful. Yes. And we know now for a fact that they were able to suppress information they knew that that cigarettes were far more dangerous than we knew right yeah 
we now see that they were able to do that because they were paying for different politicians. They were paying for all these ad spots. And so the companies like people couldn't on TV shows say anything bad about cigarettes. Like it, the reason that continued was because of this power. And it's a great example of how, when the media is not keeping power in check, this kind of stuff can happen. They also were paying politicians so that politicians couldn't then make laws against big tobacco. Right. So, so not only were they infiltrating the news and the media and TV, but they were also blocking any legislation that would hurt their industry. So they had, it's like, it's like this massive case of like double dipping, right? Like, like, like they have their power and their money all over the place so that they become sort of like untouchable. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. And like, and they also are gonna like, remember they, they, are advertising and some of them even own these networks that we're watching these shows on. So think about, they're not going to have an expert come on who's going to hurt what their company stands for. Right. Exactly. So you're not hearing both sides of anything. You're hearing something where am I saying that they're all evil trying to get you to not know the truth and buy their product? Not necessarily. Do do some do that more obviously than others? Absolutely. But do I think their priority is you getting information? I do not. I don't think you as the customer are their priority at all. No, I don't think so either. Could keep talking about that. But one of of the, the terms, and I think this is also a bit of a 90s term. I don't know if people still say this, but like power and media are in bed together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the whole thing. Like they're yeah. they're have their interests are aligned. Agreed. And then you get guys from one company who they put on the board of directors of this other company. And so everything's like really entangled. Everything, I mean, that saying they really are in bed together. Like it's it's hard at the end of the day to sort of unpack and untangle where all of these connections are. Exactly right. Exactly right. Number four is discrediting sources. So if a source says something that doesn't align with their messaging, they could have a whole news segment discrediting it. Exactly. It's too much power. Exactly. They can divert conversations away. Like how many times have you heard like someone say, Oh, I went on this news channel, but they told me I wasn't allowed to talk about this, or they steered me away when I brought up this, they're not actually having people talk. They're, they're doing it with an agenda. Exactly. Number five is one that is working so well right now that I find myself getting sucked into it often. Oh, what is it? It's called common enemy. Mm, yes. Okay. So that would be like, everyone should be afraid of communism. Everyone should be afraid of terrorists or immigrants. It's creating fear right. around something. Even, even like, I think those are sort of a bit one-sided it's like saying if, you know, this bill passes or if we keep letting this go in this direction, we'll be living in a handmaid's tale because women's rights are completely gone. Like that is creating a common enemy. Correct. Yes. And you can also see that with like anti-trans bills that are or anti-trans propaganda that's brought up like, you know, your children won't be safe in bathrooms. Right. So you create this common enemy to sort of unite other people. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, we're, this is the enemy and anyone who falls on that side of it is also the enemy is 
something working really well right now and is incredibly dangerous because it stops people from having conversations. Right. And and it's gotten so far in our country that it's making like large segments of the population unsafe. Exactly right. Exactly right. Like that's the problem. It's not just like, oh, you know, you're biased towards this one group. It's like, no, this person, this group of people is now, they're now unsafe because this propaganda is so widespread and it's so viciously being spread that they're not safe anymore. Exactly. That's why that, I mean, that, it makes me think too, with like 9-11 with how we treated anyone from the Middle East after, because they were yes. a common enemy, right? That's, that's that at work. Right. It's that like radicalized nationalism that we used to further subjugate, you know, pe- people of color. Yep. 100% agree. Let's talk for a minute about how this applies to social media with like influencers and algorithms and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because we're not in front of our TVs in the way we used to be, where right. I would say we used to get the majority of our information through TV. And now we get it through like our phone or our computer, really. We used to get news at very scheduled times of the day, right? You get like the six or seven o'clock AM news. You'd hit the five o'clock news, the 10 o'clock news. So you knew the news was coming on, but it was only in those segments. Now we are just flooded with information and with news all day long. Exactly. And so in this age of just like, I mean, I think, are we still in what's called the information age? (laughs) I think we are, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think the information is now being used in a way that's hurting a lot of us and it's separating us. It's not, you know, media was always supposed to be the thing that was the voice of the public and helped the public come together to keep power in check. And to me, in my opinion, it has become something that is keeping us separate, fighting with each other and distracted so that the people in power can do what they want. Well, I mean, the news now, I mean, there are certain news programs on certain news stations, Fox News, <laughs> that like their their hosts have said, like in courts of law, that obviously this isn't real news. Right. Obviously, obviously this is just entertainment. This isn't news. But yet so many millions of people take what they say as real legitimate news. Yeah. And I think the problem is that they hear this information over and over and over again. And if you think of the psychology of taking stuff in, you know, if you're sitting there and you're hearing, you hear that on the news and then you go on to Facebook or Instagram or TikTok and your algorithm is telling you all these same things over and over again, it's dividing you. And we've, we've sort of lost the ability to be like, I need to critically think. Correct. I need to see what's going on. I need to clock that I'm being manipulated. We've lost that. And I can't speak for what it was like for generations before ours, but I will say that the generation of people who are like the boomers, mm-hmm. I'd like to just quickly say, because I know my mom's listening, not my mom, but everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> not you, Lynette. You're safe. No, obviously, not everybody, but a lot of them. Mm -hmm. you can see that they didn't grow up understanding social media 
And when it came in, it sort of didn't, they didn't know how to filter it, in my opinion. You know, like you and I, Jamie, grew up without the internet, but it came in when I was in college. I think you probably were too, when it like really became more, I mean, when I was in high school and middle school, there was like instant messenger and you went in like chat rooms, but like, I'm not even talking about that. I mean, like what it really became what it is now. We were older, but we were young enough to understand what it was. Exactly. Exactly. That generation didn't really have that. And it seemed like for a lot of them, it was either like, I, I'm just like diving into this without understanding it and like not putting any rules or boundaries. And I, or I just don't get that this is just people saying stuff and that I have to actually look to see if it's true. Like any, literally any person can write anything. Well, that's, it seems to be like for that generation that there was no buildup. We had the buildup of learning the internet, experiencing it, obviously having some issues with it, uh, incorporating it into our, like, into our work lives, into our everyday lives. And it feels like older generations, they, they resisted for a long time, resisted technology. And then almost kind of like, just like then jumped headfirst into like Facebook and like Facebook groups. And those are so we're seeing now just how toxic groups like that can be. Yes. And I would, I would also like to say that a lot of the people who drive me the most crazy on social media are our age. So it isn't just that generation, but I think it affected every generation differently. I agree. My point is like that generation I can see now still not quite getting it but they're also the generation like running our country. Correct. And they're also the generation that's like more likely to be on board with a Fox news or Tucker Carlson or something like that. Like, and you're just there. It feels like that segment of the population is so susceptible, but they don't have any of the tools to critically think about how social media is used against them. Oh my gosh. Exactly. That's the perfect way to say it. Like they don't have the tools. I don't, and it's, again, it's not just that generation, but like as a whole, they really just don't. (laughs) Right. So it becomes an issue. And then even if you take something as small as like the, the influencers and the people that you follow on social media, the Instagram Mm -hmm. influencers, the TikTok creators, whatever. Right. We're just assuming that because they have a lot of followers, that they are a credible source. Yeah. I mean, followers equate to credibility in a lot of people's minds. Yes. It's like popularity means someone is better than everyone else. It's like this weird middle school myth that has like taken over on social media. Yes. Agreed. So you're hearing maybe somebody who you, you know, like to listen to on, on social media, on a video, their posts or whatever, and you're thinking that they're right, but you're not going like, do they have a degree in this? Do they know about this? Have they researched this? Are they, how are they presenting this information to me? What is their end goal by telling me this stuff? So much so that like, sometimes you're like, I'll be watching something and I'm like, oh wait, is this an ad? (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, because you are being paid by companies to tell you good things about stuff. So you, you kind of, you lose the whole thing. Like there's a TikTok creator. I don't want to say their name. I'll tell you after the podcast, Jamie, 
that I, I really like. I find them really funny and charming and I, I enjoy watching their stuff. And I just saw them post a clip of like, it was one of those things like a day in the life of a content creator. And I was so disappointed to see how like contrived and planned out everything was when I felt like their whole personality, like they always have messy hair. They're like, like they're just jumping into life. I was so like disappointed, but then I thought like, why did I expect that to be real? Exactly. Because the, it's so enveloping, like social media really is so good at pulling you in that you don't realize until after you're disappointed or mad or upset at someone or a creator, you don't realize until after that, mm-hmm. that like, this isn't real, but it feels so real when you're in the moment. It really does. Like you have this moment of being disappointed in them and then being like, this is actually on me. Why did exactly. I think that? Why would I think that someone with that many followers that like, this is probably what they do for a job isn't being authentic. Right. Exactly. But there's something about people like you and I and people like our listeners who are too empathic that like we, because we wouldn't be inauthentic, we expect other people to feel that way too. And I don't mean this as a a judgment or that that I, I still follow the person. It's all fine. But like, we just think like authenticity is such a thing for intuitive people and empathic people, right? Like we, the idea of not being authentic is it's like jarring. Right. But, but the problem in all of that is, is that what we started this episode about is about capitalism. So like you can make a shit ton of money being a creator or an influencer or whatever you want to call it on social media. So at the end of the day, you got to feed your family. You have to make money. And so, and social media is ripe with opportunities to make tons of money. So it that's where you f- start to see that there's a loop that you're stuck in, right? Like you expect authenticity. You expect people to be honest or to show who they really are, but then you're like this person's making a ton of money. Like what are like what are you supposed to do? That's why we as a podcast are always talking about disassembling or at least just calling out the structures. Yes. Because it's the structure of capitalism that makes it so enticing to content create in a way that might not be really yeah. authentic. Yeah. And doesn't it create the paradigm that shouldn't exist, which is right. like, oh, is this person just giving me something or do they want me to buy something or are they making money off me? And the right. thing is that there's no shame in doing something that makes you money. There's, there no. isn't, but because we can't see the difference. Right. And I, this is, I won't go on the side tangent, but I will just reference it. That I personally think that when reality TV, like watching celebrities supposedly in their reality became a thing, mm-hmm. it really made it difficult for us to know when we were watching a persona or when we were being sold something or when we were just watching something that was real. Right. Because reality TV isn't even reality. No, there's nothing re- There's nothing honest no. about that. Like, so no. it's just, you know what I mean? Like we, we don't have the filter anymore. And to me, if you're doing something to make money or you want to tell me about something like a business opportunity, like, fine. I, I don't have a problem with that. It's when right. I'm, I feel like I'm being manipulated to not see it. Exactly. Right. Agreed. It's like a bait and, and switch. You, 
Yes. And I, when I listen, to, there's a whole TikTok thing going on, depending on what algorithm you're in. Oh, God. Oh, God. Who, I'm not I'm not getting into it, but <laughs> to, unless you guys want to, then I will literally no, talk about it. I don't want to. Because Jamie has cut me off from talking about it, so I'm not even allowed. <laughs> but there's these two really big creators on TikTok that both Jamie and I, like, know not personally, but like have seen their videos and they're in like this ridiculous war with each other. And it really makes you see a side of these people that is so disturbing and they have so many followers and make so much money from just saying whatever shit they want to say that it really makes you like second guess everything that you hear. Exactly. It's, it's, it really shines a light on how problematic social media can be. It can be so powerful in some respects, but there is such the sort of danger of all this propaganda, all of these techniques we've talked about being used that myself as an intuitive person where I can start to sense like, oh, this feels yucky. I don't like the way this feels. I just start to pull back from the whole entire thing because it starts to feel so gross a lot of the times that I'm like, okay, I need a break from this. This isn't reality. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it it's like depends like you get sucked in for whatever your reason or then you completely jump out of it for whatever the reason but like then there's these things to me where I'm like but look there's important there's actually important things we could talk about here instead of this influencer needing everyone to be on their side like what if we actually talked about the issue isn't that what would really serve your followers but again in in the society we live in right now, as soon as people get to that position of power, they seem to follow suit and lose sight of like serving their people. I hope you get paid for serving people, but you don't care about that anymore. You just care about more followers or people taking your side or duetting your thing or whatever, right? Like it gets lost. And I think that's when you, your ethics meter goes off and you're like, we're done. Right. But that's why misinformation is so dangerous is because capitalism is fueling it. And these people just want to make money and people are starting to eat it up. Right. And then other people are making money off it because they're duetting it. They're, they're putting their two cents in. they're making money off of it. And so then it just spreads like wildfire across the freaking everyone's phones, you know? Exactly. Okay. So what do we do about it? That's the thing. It's such, it's so insidious. I agree. It it feels like a lot, but I've got some things. I'm ready. I'm ready with the answers. The the first place I have to start is to let you understand why it's working. So you can, you can clock the problem. Right. The the, The number one thing to me is that we live in a culture that misunderstands and villainizes intuition. Exactly. And if you want to clock intention, when you want to clock manipulation, when you want to clock being brought to a place that doesn't serve you, you need intuition to do that. Right. And if you've been cut off from your intuition, then you're operating an ego, which is all about like money, mm-hmm. followers, views, your, your attention, publicity, you're operating right in there. Not that any of that's actually bad, but like being hyper-focused on that mm-hmm. only only seeing through the lens of that, that's where you get stuck. Yes, exactly. And we live in a culture that 
the patriarchy does not want you to be intuitive. That's why, that's why you see people now saying be an empath is just a trauma response. That's the patriarchy infiltrating things. Listen, we have a whole episode on that. Go back and listen. Right. If I see another like therapist or mental health practitioner make a video or a post that says that I might lose my mind because it's so frustrating that you're not understanding how human behavior works. And that's your job. Like, Oh my God, please go listen to our episode. But right. we live in a society that doesn't want us to do that. Like it's not when you think of all the big patriarchal systems and I'll give like most major religions for an example, they don't want you to use your intuition. They want you to follow and do what you're being told. Well, and not only do they not want you following your intuition, but they actually want you caught up in the cycle. They want you caught up in the spin of social media dramas. And like, it's like this big distraction, like look over here, follow this big thing on social media, follow this problem over here, because really like we're cutting down all of your civil liberties in the Supreme Court, but you're not looking because you're following over here. Like I know it sounds extremist and I know people will, will roll their eyes. Probably no one listening to this, but there's someone in your life who will roll their eyes at this. Like it's not an exaggeration to say that the major corporations in this company and the major politicians in this country, sorry, in this country, they want us distracted. They want us to be not paying attention. That only serves them. Doesn't serve us, but serves them. They want us to be distracted. They want us to fight with each other and be separated because then we can't take them down. And they do not want us using our intuition. And I don't mean they don't want us talking to the dead. No. (laughs) They don't want us being very aware of our own feelings and being emotionally intelligent to go, hey, every time I listen to this creator or I watch this news channel, I don't feel good. Like emotionally, I feel all rattled and all frazzled. And so intuitive people are designed to base everything on alignment with feelings, right? Right. Whether you cut that off, you understand it or not. That's, that's our design. Everyone's designed that way, by the way, but the more intuitive you are, right? It's a dial. The more dialed that way you are, the more you can't avoid that. right? Right. How right. many how many intuitive empathic people have you heard say they can't watch the news that bothers them so much? Like right. case in point, right? So right. if you're not connected to that or you're not under you don't have any intelligence in that area, then you don't have the the meter or like the alarm going off that you're being manipulated. And that's what they want. Because that doesn't serve you. No. Have your intuitive, your intuitive abilities, your intuition, whatever it is, your gut feelings, whatever you want to call it, to have that turned off, that does not serve you. It only serves the patriarchy or white supremacy or capitalism, whatever head of the hydra you want to call it. It only serves them. Exactly. And the basis for critical thinking is intuition. Correct. It is say not, it again. It is not presented that way. I will say it again. The basis for critical thinking is intuition because what you're saying when you tell people to critically think is to run it through their own filters to see how it aligns with what they have for core beliefs and how it makes them feel and seek more information to, to find what they believe. Exactly. If you don't understand intuition, you don't, you don't know how to critically think. Right. And we've been taught that intuition is the opposite of like critical thinking that it's like, 
It's crazy. It's woo woo. It's, it's weird. It's a scam. It's a trick. It's actually the opposite. It's actually your inherent ability to assess a situation and think, does this make sense? Does this feel right? And all of that is critical thinking. You know that TikTok sound that goes, it's from an Eminem song that's like, this looks like good job for me. That's yeah. us entering right now going like, this is why we do the podcast this way. Because exactly. this is on purpose that people think intuition is something it's not. Exactly. It's on purpose that the intuition is only acceptable in these three ways. It's on yes. purpose. And if you see through it, if you understand what it really is, then you aren't going to fall for this anymore. Exactly. All right. Here's my my tips on what I think we should do about it. Okay. On accepting intuition and promoting critical thinking. All right. Okay. The first thing I propose is that in every school, in everywhere in the world where you are learning anything, there yep. is a media liter- literacy course. I couldn't say that. They have this at my kids' elementary school, and it's so impactful. Everybody needs this. It should be required at every job, at every – if we just said everyone needs to do this, because people, like we are saying before, with the boomers generation and, and beyond that, not just them, okay? I'm not trying no. to pick on them. No. We're just trying to show historically what happened, but right. people don't understand this. Right. And they – it's really up to parents and a lot of parents don't understand it. So if you had this, like your kid's school does, if you had this where there was literally a training course on how to separate propaganda and information and like all of this stuff, then you would alleviate a huge part of this problem. And I'll add on to that, that there should be social media classes. Like that's what my kids got was that they, they do a whole curriculum on social media and how to navigate it, how to use it safely, how to like the internet in general, how to use the internet safely, how to use it responsibly. Mm-hmm. How, do, how can I be responsible when I'm on the internet? Like that's something that, you know, we're taught how to find like a whatever of a hypotenuse triangle, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Important. Yes. But like how practical, like it's practical to teach people how to, how to, critically think about media and social media and the internet. Yes. I can't tell you, I'm not exaggerating this. The amount of times when I am talking to someone who has a different viewpoint than me Mm -hmm. and I am pointing out that what they think is a fact is not right. That that's not how the internet works or that's not how the world works. Right. That they look shocked. Like when I tell people that like, well, campaign funding is a problem because then those politicians have to vote in the interest of that. And then they no longer serve the public. They serve the people that they're are donating. They don't know that. And that, I'm not saying that that's necessarily their fault. I mean, you should kind of know, but like, it's right. not like the things we're saying right now are stuff everybody knows. And it should be stuff everybody right. knows. They should know social media they should know all of these things, how to navigate, and they should also understand how the world around them is operating. Yep. Agreed. The idea that everything is so polarized polarized that everything is right or wrong, yes or no, the yes. whole thing is wrong right. or the whole thing is right. That person is 
a great person or a bad person or that's yes. evil or good. That whole concept needs to just get the hell out of town. Well, and if you've listened to any episode of ours before, you know that like good and bad, evil and good, whatever, however you want to say it, those are patriarchal ideas. Those didn't exist until organized religion. Exactly. Listen, I, this one drives me the most crazy and I will probably be saying it as I'm like on my deathbed trying to like have one more person hear it or something, but right, it's really difficult because how many times has someone said something that like you didn't agree with and your reaction became that you just hated that person? That happens. Exactly. Right. Oh, all the time. So this whole thing is what we need to be careful of. And this is what we're being pushed towards, right? This idea that like, oh my God, that person, like, I'll give you an example. <laughs> I was somewhere where someone started talking about how the gas prices were Joe Biden's fault. Oh my God, with the gas prices. Now, this is layered because I can hear in the way that they're talking that I'm listening to a Fox News script because the people who listen to Fox News say very specific things over and over again, right? Like it's yeah, sound bites. very, yeah, sound bites. Exactly. It's always said in the same way. And so as I was sitting there, it became very hard for me to not just go over there and try to like make that person sound completely wrong and like a jackass and like they're an idiot and I'm right. That was my honest initial thing I wanted to do when it happened. Gotcha. Gotcha. Not effective though. That would do nothing. Right. It's hard though because there's a reaction. The thing that stops me is the knowledge that that's what the patriarchy wants me to do. So exactly. It makes me stop. And I have something you can do when you're in those situations for everybody. Okay. 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 It's, it's, you agree with two things and then bring up the part you disagree with and know that you don't look at the person as your enemy because this is what we do, right? Look at the person as someone who has, entered into a conversation with you, not a fight, not an argument, a conversation. Right. And that might be hard because their energy might be a little hostile. Yeah. Those sound bites, those sign, those sound bites that they're using, they're hostile and purposefully. So also, if you just want to walk away and give the finger on your way out, I'm not judging you. It's not your responsibility. I'm not saying your responsibility is to go have a conversation with everyone who says something you disagree with. No. Also, if you're saying something I disagree with that is like against a whole like skin color or sexual orientation, I'm not going to come in with my real nice way. I'm I'm not no. saying that. I'm saying if we can have more conversations, that's right. a good thing. So in a situation you could do this, here's what to do. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Agree with two things. So I'm going to give an example and I really, really liked it. it it's... I saw a video of Jon Stewart actually defending Joe Rogan. Oh. Okay. I'm going to disclaimer right here that Jamie and I are not fans of Joe Rogan. I don't care for his whole thing. However, I do think the whole conversation around freedom of speech and the things he says and misinformation is fascinating and worth talking about. Oh, I mean, he's the poster boy for misinformation as far as he's like currently he is the poster person for misinformation and how capitalism feeds it Mm -hmm. and how it can spread so quickly and so dangerously. 
Exactly. And he brings, it's such a good topic because though I do not like him and though I agree the misinformation, it becomes a thing of like, but do we not allow people to speak or do we, how do we find who's responsible for, we stop funding them. We stop funding them, but we also say like, this is not accredited source. This is not an expert. This is just somebody who's giving their opinion. And then maybe we allow it. Like, do you know, I'm not saying that's the answer. I'm saying it brings up these really important conversations because there's currently no, there's no check. Right. Right. And Joe Rogan isn't, and I'll give him the credit, I guess, that he's not on <laughs> he's not on a news channel right. presenting himself as a news reporter on a news program. He's just a guy with a microphone with a podcast. Exactly. And it's one right? of those things so where they're like, you're believing it, but like, where's your responsibility versus his or the networks? Like, it's a fantastic conversation that not no one's a hundred percent right on. It's a conversation that we need to look at and find how we keep everybody safe. Right. So John Stewart was defending Joe Rogan. Okay. Which I thought was interesting anyways, because I see them as sort of different sides of the political coin. Okay. But maybe as both people in comedy, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Right. But he used this two agreement, two things you agree with and then something you disagree technique perfectly. So I wanted to use it as an example. So he said, misinformation is a problem. And I completely agree that we need to address this. It's, I 100% am with you. Then he said, we also need to moderate the platforms and have the platforms be responsible a bit for what to do with misinformation. I completely agree with you on that. And then he said, but what we're doing is an overreaction to Joe Rogan in particular. Okay. Now what he did so expertly there is he took it away from you either agree with Joe Rogan or you don't your team, Joe Rogan or your team, everybody else or whatever. And he said, parts of this, you're right. And this part of it, I disagree with. And then you can just feel the energy of that. It becomes a discussion about the topics. And it's a a conversation that you could then navigate and maybe figure out a solution to. Right. I mean, I still disagree with him, but I'm not. Like it, 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 it calms the tone of the conversation that, so it's not, there's not like fire burning around you while you're talking, which is how I feel when things like that come up sometimes. But the way he addressed it calmed the tone. And he, he centered the issue. Right. Or the issues. And he wasn't like, it's 100% right. Like with the gas price example, when people say that now, I try to think like, if you just went up to someone and said, I agree, gas prices are freaking ridiculous. And I also agree that all politicians, not just not just our current president have a hand in not protecting us from things like this happening. And that, that affects everything. Like the cost of everything that we buy now goes up because of that. I agree with you on those two points. However, where I don't agree is maybe the place you're putting the blame because it, the way I'm taking what you're saying is that you think the president sets the price of things and that's not how the economy works. Now you can have a conversation about the thing. Right. Right. You just went out screaming that they're an idiot who doesn't know how supply and demand works. 
and that they're right. we're in a war and all that. Like that's not gonna <laughs> comp, that's not gonna get you anywhere. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So that's why this technique is really helpful in places where you feel like you want to have a conversation. Agreed. Um, the other, just, just sort of like picking a little element out of that and reiterating it is that we need to try to have conversations, not fights. Mm, Yes. This is like the social media thing where it's like, we're all against this person or that one and choosing a side and we're, we're not, we're not looking at the issues anymore. And that's the patriarchy winning. So again, where's the conversation? That's important. Well, because through social media, we've lost the fact that there's someone on the other side of your screen. So people just got so hostile and so aggressive. And the problem was that with that is that now that itself, which was a worsening, right? Like it got worse. Like we've, we've sort of lost our humanity on social media, but now it's translating into real life. Exactly. Like now people are now acting like that in face-to-face interactions. It's not just staying on the internet with a stranger. Now you're at like the the gas station talking to people like that. Fantastic point. And you're not just talking like that. You're feeling awful. You're feeling fired up. You're feeling right. fight or flight stress. Like, yes, it's tough. Your adrenals are fired up. Yeah. There's leaving your body. Cause it's happening right. so much, you know, like sometimes yeah. I feel it when I go by like all these political signs that yeah. people have and the flags on their cars. And I'm just, I, I start to feel that reaction. And I'm like, no, 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 sir. We're not doing that. I'm not, I don't need to be triggered every time, but that's what that is. It's like, no, I'm, I'm in a fight all the time, not in a conversation. And again, if it's hard for you, I just want, if you think the thought like, oh, if, if that works, the patriarchy is winning and that helps. <laughs> well, and, and, and I am someone who that, that makes me mad. Like I am like the sort of exacerbated version of that. Like I, if I see a Trump flag, like, let's just call it what it is. Like, I'm not going to get fired up about like, like a John Kerry sign <laughs> from like, whenever, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, or like a Bob Dole sign, like would I have voted for him? No, but like I'm not going to have this like. <laughs> you just dated yourself. So I was trying not to pick someone current. I was trying to pick a Republican that I would never have voted for, right? But it doesn't make me want to like vomit or like spike my blood pressure, right? So like if you're the person who's having those responses, yeah, you're allowed to be mad at a Trump flag because it's not just the flag. It's what that represents. It's like it's it's gotten so far that that now has like broken family relationships. Like right. Like it's so invasive that it is like it's taken apart like all these different chunks of our lives, literal everyday lives. Right. Yep. You're allowed to be mad about that. And you're allowed to be protective of the people that you love that are harmed by that flag. Or if it's you yourself, you're allowed to be mad and defensive and protective. We'll never take that away from you because I think that's how detrimental the Trump administration and the MAGA era is. I'll die on that hill. But but you have to like, you can, you can feel that and know that for a lot of people, it's really unsafe, like truly genuinely unsafe. But I only ask that you take a step back and you look at the bigger picture, which is that it's the patriarchy doing its job. And unfortunately doing it so well 
that it's become this bad and this radicalized and this polarized. Yes. So like fight, fight the Trump flag, fight, fight the people that are harming you and your community and keeping you unsafe. Do that. But realize that like when you're driving by and you see the flag and your adrenals fire up and you're like giving them the finger, but they don't see you, that's only harming you. Yeah. Amen to every single thing you just said. That was my favorite speech you've ever given. Because your your feelings are so valid. Your feelings and when when you I think that maybe the other side, quote unquote other side, doesn't understand that when we're getting upset by those signs and flags, we're getting upset for the people whose lives are unsafe because those flags are out. They don't clock that, I don't think. So that's why I'm saying that. So it's so loaded. It's not like seeing a Bob Dole sign. Again, my favorite reference you've ever done. That is 100% true. And your feelings are always valid. If you feel upset, you're allowed to feel upset. But what Jamie's point is, is like, feel that. But then think about like, me getting upset about it like this only hurts me. It doesn't do anything to to protect and help the people who are are being on are unsafe because of it, right? Like it's not in exactly. if you just if you just stay there and you don't move yes. out of it or you don't look for a way to, you know, voice something and actually help, then you're only just just like sitting in something and that's exactly what the patriarchy hopes you do. That you just go yell at them or whatever. But like go yell and then right. also go try to get some reform. <laughs> Or, or like go start a podcast. Like that's sort of the birth of this podcast is that we felt like times were so tumultuous. Things were so bad. How do we take the information that we have that we think can help people living inside of these structures? So we use that information that we have and the voices that we have. So this isn't just us like (laughs) shooting the shit. I mean, it is to an extent, right? But the purpose of this is that we felt like we had to act against the misinformation against all of this. Yes. So find a way for your voice to be heard and to reach people and to do something instead of just being mad that someone's on the other side, vocalize the thing, do the next step because you can't, especially if you're a white woman, (laughs) you can't just be mad that that's happening. You have to do something also, right? So that's that's yep. all of it. Yep. I would add to this part, try to have, take out of conversations that you do have, who's right and who's wrong. Like if your motivation for any conversation in your whole life, I don't care what it's about, is to be right, mm-hmm. you're yes. gonna, that conversation's never gonna go well and you're never gonna get anything accomplished. Right. Agreed. If you come in with the idea of connecting and having a conversation, not a fight to see who's right, you're going to come in in a place that you actually have some legs to stand on. Agreed. That's a really, really great point. I also would say steer conversations towards solution, Mm -hmm. not the propaganda name calling stuff, right? Like that's what you're doing. You're getting caught in that. Right. Because that's what you see on the news. That's what you see everywhere. Of course, that's what you're going to do. Talk to someone about a solution. What could we do about this? Right. Exactly. The huge, there's, there's two things I want you to look for when you want to see, like, am I being manipulated here? The first one is 
what kind of emotional reaction are you having to the information? Yes. Good point. If you're being told something and you're having a gigantic emotional reaction to it, and it's not just like, it's not just like hearing facts that disturb you or hearing something that fires you up to go do something, but that you suddenly hate half the population or you hate the world or you're done, or you can't even concentrate on the next thing that you're doing. There's nothing wrong with you. I'm just saying clock it because that's the biggest red flag that you're being manipulated. Exactly. Exactly. When stuff is presented and it makes you think, it makes you want to ponder, it feels something and you're like, I gotta, I gotta look into this. That's information that's serving you. That's, that's something that Jamie and I really try to keep focused. Like we're not shy about giving our opinion, but we are, we're very much trying to give it to you and hear things in the way that you then go think about and apply and decide how you feel. If you are hearing something that's not like that, it's trying to get you to think, like think this way, believe this way, not saying, take this information and think about it, critically think and see what you think. And your opinion is valid unless it hurts somebody else. Then it's then we're going to have a problem. But if you think of it like this, that's okay. If that's right. not there, that's your other red flag that you are being manipulated. Right. Because then you're working in your intuition. You're working with intuition. If you're reacting, if you're mad, if you're instantly fired up, if you're so pissed off that you can't think straight, you're operating an ego because there's some part of that where you don't feel powerful. There's some place where you feel like you're not safe. Exactly. And here's the, here's just my little added thing and then we'll wrap this up. But sometimes I will be listening to information that rattles me and I get really fired up and it isn't because the information of the person presenting it is wrong or necessarily trying to manipulate me. It's because the the information isn't actually for me. That's a really good point. So sometimes it's, it's about going like, maybe this isn't the way that I'm taking, maybe I'm taking this as if I'm hearing information in a way that it's not meant for me. So I'll just give you a quick example. Hmm. Sometimes there'll be creators talking about white people or white women in a way that like makes us all sound really bad. Right. Well, I mean, we're awful most of the time, but sure. (laughs) I don't disagree, but it will be like that white people do this or white people do that. And when white women are commenting like, Uh Oh, I don't, right. I don't do Uh that. Good Lord. I don't do that. No. A lot of these creators are way more patient than we deserve. will come on and be like, I wasn't talking to you. Right. I was talking to the white people who are doing this. And do you know what I'm saying? So like, sometimes you have to go, well, Maybe I need to like think about how I can clock when someone else who looks like me is doing that. Like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, maybe you're just taking it through the wrong filter. Right. It's an opportunity that that particular situation is an opportunity to like assess how you're doing and how you can help other white women to do better. Right. Yes. So that's my point. If you're, if you're having this, like, no, mind you, when I hear that, I don't have a huge defensive reaction, but sometimes I get upset. Like, Oh my God, have I ever done that? Like, and that's what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm I'm not saying that I'm upset about being upset. I'm not doing the white woman tears thing about that. Good Lord. Right. No. But what I'm saying is I sometimes have to go find myself disagreeing and a little right. bit, right. And going like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm taking this through the wrong filter. 
or this isn't being presented to me, or this isn't even for me. So why am I, why am I here getting triggered instead of taking a step back, creating a little space and critically thinking about how it might apply? Right. Because that's what social media does. It wants you to be, it wants you to be reactive. It wants you to be thinking, making split second decisions and having split second reactions. And so sometimes you get caught up in that and you just need to slow yourself down enough to be like, okay, wait a minute and take a breath. Exactly. So create space when you're feeling that way. Clock when you're having big emotional reactions to information and pay attention to if someone's trying to get you to think about something or if they're trying to tell you how to think about something. Right. Gotcha. Excellent point. You can be like, hey, I don't like this and this is why I have a problem with it. That's allowed. But you have to understand that there's an agenda there if that's what's happening. Right. Exactly. What's the agenda and who is it serving needs to be our next question. Exactly. So if you guys, I mean, obviously we talked for an hour and a half about this, but like, if you guys want more, <laughs> this was, this was us like, like just going along the surface of all of this. So if you guys want more on this, I really feel, though maybe it's not quickly identifiable as an intuitive topic, it really truly is. So if you want more on this, please let us know. We're happy to deep dive further for you, but I do think this is incredibly important to talk about. I want to talk about the, um, the wellness to white supremacy pipeline. I think that that's like one of the sort of like subsets of misinformation is how the wellness industry is being funneled into white supremacy um, without a lot, a, a lot of the times without people knowing it, that they're being dragged into it until it's like way too late. Um, so if that's something that you're interested in, like definitely let us know. Absolutely. Because I think we've all fallen victim to it without realizing it. It's just how far down that road you get taken. So let us know if you'd like more about that. We would, we could definitely talk for many an hour about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Jay. I think we need to go like do something light and like relax a little. Cause I feel like really fired up about the topic. Same. I'm going to go take a nap. All right. You take a nap and I'll go get coffee. Hey everyone, Heather and I have an ask for you. If you love this episode or if you love the IGG, can you do us a favor? We need you to go onto whatever platform you listen on and download, subscribe, like, love, whatever it's asking you to do. Can you go do those things for us on the platforms that you listen on? It would mean so much to us. Thanks for listening to our episode. For a way to get in touch with us, please visit our website, intuitivegirlsguide.com. We love hearing your feedback on our episodes.